Say dummy copy. Dummy copy. Hello, welcome to Dummy Copy, a book show where we talk about books. My name is Carrie. And I'm Claire. And tonight we're grieving our longtime building manager, mm-hmm. Stephen Rinsmo. I think it's okay to say his last name. I think it's okay. Uh, yeah. He'll be leaving us, at time of recording this, he will be leaving us day after tomorrow for new new adventures out in the world. And we're dying. Uh, we're going to miss him so much. He was such a good building manager. He was, and a good friend. Yeah. I, I really felt like every time somebody yelled at me it really <laughs> mattered to him yes yep <laughs> every time some weirdo was trying to steal coloring books he was like game to be like all right let's do this yeah every time someone pissed in the drinking fountain <laughs> and just and just maybe just for a reference because mm-hmm. i mean this isn't super important mm-hmm. but i don't think stephen is somebody who's ever like out looking for a fight no stephen's got a cute-ass kid named Franklin. Oh, my God, yes. Stephen is very... Stephen smiles a lot. He smiles a lot. He He's, wears a lot of polos. He does. He's got a great beard. He's very friendly. He's so nice. He's he, so nice. He loves Star Wars. He does. He loves Star he Wars. Loves Star Wars. I just can't even imagine life in the Liberty Building without Steve right now. Mm, like, yeah. it's seriously... It's choking me up. He kept coming and talking to me today. And there was part of me that was like, I got to talk to Steve as much as I can because he's going to be gone in 48 hours. And there was part of me that was just like, I can't talk to you right now because I'm yeah. just going to drop dead. Yeah. Because I'm so sad. Mm. I don't know how we're going to do it. I don't know how we're going to do it. I'm. He has a replacement. He has a replacement. Who we'll, seems? We'll see. We'll see. We're going to haze him. We're going to haze him hard. I'm yeah. going to piss in the drinking fountain. <laughs> we had a guy, I don't know if we've, like, I don't, think, we I don't think we've talked about this, but there was this guy who we have called Piss Boy um, ever since. But not when he came back in, which <clears throat> is a missed opportunity I will regret for the rest of my life. I know, I know. He had been a thorn in our side for a long time. He comes in, he's an asshole. We're pretty sure he stole coloring books. Um, but one time he came in and... Uh, Wanted the bathroom code. No, he didn't even want the bathroom code. Yeah. He just walked back to the bathroom. It was locked. And then he waltzed out like three, four minutes later and informed us that he just pissed in the drinking fountain. Um, and then Steve, our beloved Steve, put on his blue rubber gloves and <laughs> went and cleaned it up. And ever since then, the guy's been pissed, boy. Yeah. Um, yeah. How are you? I don't know. I don't know. How many, how many piss incidents Will the new guy have to clean up before he equals our Steve? Steve has cleared up a lot of piss incidents with a smile on his face. With a smile on his face. And not even like, I'm a hostage to capitalism <laughs> way. <laughs> no. Just like, in a, I want to be of service to people I love, way, I which I really appreciate. It's amazing. He's yeah. amazing. And yeah, like, yeah I, he and I have a little bit, you've probably seen this little bit, uh-huh. where he starts to walk away and I go, oh, oh, hey, Steve. <laughs> oh, before I forget, I just want to let you know. I was smoking fentanyl in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, so it, it stinks. You're gonna wanna, you're gonna, you you're know, gonna wanna deal with that. Or, uh, or hey, Steve, I uh, I lit the dumpster on fire, <laughs> which is a real thing that happened. Mm-hmm. 
Not that long ago. Yeah. It was yeah. a, it was a, what do they call it? When the, it's like a, it's like when there's a big fire. Mm-hmm. It's an, ink. no, it's not even that. It might be even like an Italian word. I don't know. I don't know. I'm being dumb. An inferno. Five alarm. Uh, yeah. It was a big fire. It was a big fire in the dumpster. We had to replace the dumpster. We did. Which, I mean, dumpsters are kind of. Burly. Built to withstand horse yeah. shit. And that one had to go. We had to replace the dumpster. We did. He was a. He was ready to fight someone when that guy was threatening to kill one of our coworkers oh, that, that day. Oh, that was great. That was a fun that. time. Yeah. Merry Christmas. That was Christmas Eve. Steve was gung-ho to be like, "Yeah, all right, man, who do I fight? Um, yeah, and I, I think know. that's just what we want to say this time is, <clears throat> yeah. Steve. Steve. We love you. We love you. And we miss you. Yes. And I'm I sure did. Jake is great. We're, we're Theoretically, this episode will air yeah. much after Steve has left. Yes. And I'm sure by the time this airs, we will have taken Steve or Steve. No, we will have taken Jake under our wing and he yeah. will be our new weirdo building manager who we love. And I'm sure Jake and I will have many inside jokes. I'm sure. I think Jake, Jake has a mullet. Everybody I know with a mullet is cool. So far. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so far, so good. Yeah. Don't prove us wrong, Jake. Jake. And speaking of time of airing, it's Pride Month. Yay! Woo! Happy June, everyone. It's warm outside. Yes. It's sunny. It's staying light probably until like eight. Yeah. At least. We're so happy. We're so happy. We are so happy. And um, we just read Nevada by Imogen Binney. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Imogen. Do you think it's Imogene? Imogene? I have no idea. The not having the E on the end of it is yeah. really throwing me yeah. off. I, I read it as Imogen. But yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. Imogen Binny. But there was a children's book I really loved about um, a girl named Imogene who grew antlers, which Whoa. is actually actually kind of a tale of class warfare, but we can talk about that oh, in a yeah. later episode. I like that. I like that. I mean, that there are elements of this, of yeah. that in this yeah. book, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Nevada by Imogen Binney. It was a great book. Yeah. No, and it was, it was, it really, it really did connect with me. So mm-hmm. brief synopsis. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so the protagonist, Maria, mm-hmm. it opens up with her having sex with her girlfriend mm-hmm. and her being like, I'm not into it. I'm going to fake coming. Yep. Yep. Uh, and so essentially she's a trans woman with a shitty bookstore job. A relationship that is failing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one morning at breakfast, her girlfriend informs her that she cheated on her with a coworker. Mm-hmm. And she sort of is just like, I don't know. I can't focus on this. And yeah. they're like, we need to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Turns out girlfriend did not cheat on her. It was just like, Maria, you can't focus on our relationship. Right. And yep. Maria was like, okay, you're right. So they break up. She gets fired from her bookstore job. Mm-hmm. She steals her girlfriend's car mm-hmm. and drives across the country and encounters a uh, young man in Star City, Nevada, mm-hmm. who works at a Walmart. Yep. And we get we get many chapters from his perspective, and he is kind of like a dead-end job at this Walmart. He doesn't mm-hmm. like his life that much. Mm-hmm. He has uh, masturbatory fantasies that he finds strange and then mm-hmm. also a girlfriend that he likes but kind of doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. big weed smoker and he yep. and Maria have an encounter and Maria immediately clocks him and is like, this kid's trans. Yeah. 
Yeah. And yep. so it, like, tries to mentor him, mm-hmm. and it fails. Mm-hmm. And it ends with James just, like, leaving Maria at a casino because he's mm-hmm. over it. Yep. And that's the whole book. Like, yep. and it is. It's, like, not a whole lot happens. Yeah. 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 Which is not a Part whole... Of a huge strength, I think. I think so, too. Um, it was just re-released by FSG um, in 2022, late 2022. Um, But it was originally published in 2013 by a now defunct press called Topside Press. Um, And Topside's goal was to promote authentic transgender narratives um, through publishing books by, for, and about trans people. Um, It was based in Brooklyn. Um, Its run was between the years of 2011 and 2017, so kind of early on in um, sort of like the more modern discourse of of transness. Um, And while it it functionally only existed for five years, um, in that time, uh, four books that they published won Lambda Awards and two more, including Nevada, uh, were nominated for Lambda, which is a pretty big deal. I mean, if you think about the number of books that small presses put out in a year, it's not a very huge number. So like like if we're talking just sort of like uh, percentages, like that's a that's pretty solid. Like that's a that's an impressive kind of roster. Mm-hmm. A, a batting average, mm-hmm. one might say. One might say. If one were into sports. Yes, if one were. I've been watching March Madness accidentally. Whoops. (laughs) I have not. (laughs) I have not, and I will not. Thank you. Um, I don't know. Um, But yeah, uh, so yeah, it's it's kind of interesting and kind of fun that it it got a new life um, just recently. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. I mean, and Carrie and I were talking about this. It's like we, I don't know very much about the like the other side of our business, but Mm -hmm. I've like read enough introduction of books to know that like often it is like, it sounds like it is often one person who is responsible for being like, oh, this book could benefit from a new introduction and a new cover. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah. curious about that conversation. But I mean, I but I do um, the book and its first iteration was like a real cultural turning point. It yeah. sounds like yeah, I mean, absolutely. I read many interviews preparing for this episode and it is a, I mean, and it uh, it is culturally received if my impression is correct and maybe mm-hmm. you can weigh in here yeah. as like the first novel by mm-hmm. and for trans people yeah. with the author Imogene Benny like absolutely pushes up against pushes against mm-hmm. in every in every interview and even with the excellent afterward of the book being like this book could not exist without a thousand other books right yeah which I, I, think, I find very charming yeah but, I do too but I think it was culture that came out at a time and appealed to an audience who was really looking for stories that weren't necessarily catering to cis audiences. Mm -hmm. They were catering to people who have lived this life, you know, or people who have not come out yet, but kind of were looking for, looking for voices that talked about something that they hadn't quite gotten to yet. And what's really interesting about the top side edition was, um, it's something called Creative Commons licensed. So they put out the book. It was a, an extremely small physical print run. Um, but the PDF was shared really freely 
online um, and for free. Like people could download it. They could find it. Um, so even though I think it was, it was like no more than 10,000. I think it was way less than 10,000 initially. I mean, probably print like we yeah. know what small press print runs are like yeah, yeah. really small, but the fact that it was available online and the fact that in the early aughts, um, that was sort of like trans people in small towns where there wasn't really a community, even in bigger towns where there wasn't really a community, people were finding each other online and people were passing yeah. this book in particular around for people to, to read and kind of see themselves. Yeah. And even, even my understanding of like the internet pre like social media hegemony mm -hmm. is like, I, th I think Jenny O'Dell probably describes it as more like neighborhoods. Yeah. 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 So that feels really, really of a piece. I mean, and I also love the way that, it, um, like I think Carrie and I were talking about before this, but how this book feels really specific mm -hmm. yeah. and it like, and it, the way that this book feels really specific and then the way that the novel like sort of like refuses to offer any easy answers mm -hmm. to any questions. Yeah feels very much not pandering. Like, I think I said something like um, in an interview where it was like, oh, obviously this book isn't like Trans 101. And it's like, yeah, it's by and for in, yeah. in, a, uh, in a way that was like felt legible to me as a yeah. cishet woman. But yeah. yeah. Well, and a lot of the reading I've done to sort of like do some research on what the sort of reception of the book was when it originally came out was there were trans narratives that were out there, but a lot of them were memoir and a lot of them were sort of framed in this, like, I knew, I knew I was a woman trapped in a man's body from a small age. You know, I, I battled through it. I transitioned and here I am, you know, and it was like, they're important narratives for sure, but that doesn't encompass the whole sort of the journey of transness and like what happens like after that though, you know, yeah. like you're still you, there are still things to deal yeah. with, you know, like you're still, you know, a woman living under capitalism. Right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so yeah. So it was kind of like, I, I mean, probably is it technically the first book like this? Probably not, but it was the first book like this that I feel like it seems like it was one of the first books that really like made it to a wider audience. Mm -hmm. And it feels like it was a really pivotal moment for a lot of reviewers yeah, when every, they got their hands on this book. Every interviewer I read, I read, yeah. I read like a lot of interviews mm -hmm. to prepare for the show just because I, I just like think that Imogene Beanie is just like so fun to listen to. Yeah. Like, like she's really smart and she's really like, she's working as a therapist now, mm -hmm. yeah. which I'm like, of course you should. Yeah. Uh, totally and makes I, sense. like, I feel like there was a moment in every interview I read where, like they were just like gushing about what a big book it was for them. Like I remember particularly, I think somebody was growing up in like the Yukon mm -hmm. or something oh, yeah. and just being like somebody on Reddit mailed this to me yeah. with their marginalia in the cover. And it just, yeah, I mean, it does feel like really reflective of yeah. what this book is. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like I, I think it, it like deserves its place in the queer canon of literature in a really big way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so we're going to take a little break. Yeah. But we'll tell you about what okay. in yeah. a minute. Okay. So Carrie and I, I think we are going to talk about the things we thought about this book that were like immediately cool. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Into it. Cause there were many, there were so oh, yeah. many. And then there were choices that were made that we felt a little bit confused about mm -hmm. initially where we maybe 
I don't know, Carrie, and you could disagree with me, where I felt like I maybe had to put on my, like, I am a reader mm-hmm. hat on mm-hmm. a yep. little bit more. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> things that were immediately like, yes, and things that were a little bit more like, let me think about it for yeah. a second. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah. So, the... The first thing I feel like I want to talk about is the voice. Yes. Which, yes. Yeah. It's so, it is very colloquial. It there's is. There's a lot of like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of totally. Yeah. A lot of whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, but it felt, I don't know. I feel like I have, I have read things like that before that have felt tedious and this did not fall under that category for me. Yeah. And I've always loved stuff like this. Really? Always. Yeah. yeah like I, I mean, I, I think about. Um, I feel like even as like a child, a lot of the children's books I loved, like the uh, the Meg Capet Princess Diaries book, mm. come to mind. Mm-hmm. Like I was glued to those. Those are diary entries. Yeah. Right. Right. Like it's, yeah. So it's a lot of internal monologue, and mm-hmm. even I don't know. And this might even be stupid, but it does kind of the thing that's like feel like has been pretty in vogue in the last like 15 years but like Carmen McCarthy did it first I don't care but like they don't use any like (laughs) I mean maybe not even first I don't know enough but like uh, they don't use quotation marks around speaking and so then there's this thing where you have to be like occasionally I mean it's usually pretty clear but occasionally you have to be like oh wait is that like part of their internal monologue or is somebody speaking right now yeah 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 which I personally like I know I know it's sort of a polarizing device in literature I know a lot of people really don't like it I really didn't like it as a younger reader but I I think I just like wasn't a good enough reader yeah yeah I do like it. Yeah. And I do think, I mean, like, this book is steeped in, whoa, there's a, an ambulance going by. You can probably hear that. Um, excuse me. Uh, it's very much steeped in sort of, like, the internet culture at the time. Yeah. Like, live journal stuff, um, forum stuff. And so it, it felt very, it felt very. Because um, Maria herself, the narrator, has yeah. a very popular blog yes. where she talks about being trans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it it really like checked out. Like I feel like the literary math checked out very, very much super in this. Yeah, and I was also um thinking like um Maria talks about a lot about music and a lot specifically about punk mm-hmm. throughout the book, but yeah. then I found out later that the writer sort of cut her teeth writing doing mm-hmm. like music reviews. Yeah. And I was like, Oh yeah, mm-hmm. this voice this voice really recalls Absolutely. music blogs of yeah. the mid aughts to Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and it was fun. I mean, like, it was one of those books where I started reading it, and then you're just, like, many pages in all of a sudden. And you're like, oh, shit, here we are. Like, you know, like, I guess we're just going for it. And it did. Like, it was something that I (laughs) definitely, like, it pinged. Like, I noticed it um, in the first couple of pages of just, like, okay, this is what we're doing. Yeah. But, like, it it just worked. It just felt like... Just a real human talking yeah. is what it felt like. Yeah, which I don't always love. Uh-huh. And, and here, it yeah. just really, it yeah. really did. No, it doesn't always work. It really, sometimes yeah. it really doesn't work. But it, like, it worked here. It was great. It was, like, and it made it feel really accessible and familiar. Yeah, which is, uh, feels important, especially mm-hmm. maybe in the moment it was published. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like discourse around transness is really, really, like, is, is like more esoteric aspects of transness feel more accessible to me as a cis het woman in the last five years than mm-hmm. yeah. ever. And just sort of like maybe these like challenging ideas mm-hmm. are presented to me sort of colloquially in a way that felt really um, yeah. helpful in my understanding. Yeah. 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 No, it was great. And it really was just like, I mean, so much, especially of like the first half of the novel is mm-hmm. very just like 
it's just a person living her life yeah. and trying to figure her shit out, you know, like whatever that shit is. Yeah. I mean, and speaking of like, is it, uh, there's, um, is it the New Yorker review of mm-hmm. the reissue mm-hmm. by, uh, Stephanie shoot, Stephanie Burt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, where she talks about it being a philosophical, as is a quote, a physical, philosophical investigation and in what it means to be a woman, trans mm-hmm. or not, in late mm-hmm. stage capitalism. Yeah. And Maria has this shitty job at a bookstore. Yeah. And as somebody who also has a shitty job at a bookstore, I mean, <laughs> I love my job. Yeah. But. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's yeah. a, it's not as shitty as like. I, like yeah. the the setup of it is is kind of like there's like clock watchy stuff. She's part of a union, but yeah. they're still kind of like, like looking to fire looking her. for reasons yeah. to get rid of people so they can pay people less. You know, like it's it, the setup is like it's a oh, little yeah. icky. Like her just like surreptitiously reading all the time mm-hmm. and being like, okay, how much time yeah. after can I get her little her like there's like this this part where she talks about. Um, like this Irish history cove. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's like this little corner of the bookstore where like management doesn't go, customers don't go. Yeah. And so she just hangs out in the Irish history section, yeah. which is just like, man, that's awesome. Honestly, like the bookstore stuff, it's peripheral kind of, but like it was so legible. As to me. I know, yeah. <laughs> she talks about this like regular old man customer yes. that comes in and is looking for things that don't actually exist, and like taking the forty-five minutes it takes to like walk them through the store yeah. and try to find this like mythical book that doesn't actually exist anywhere. Yeah. No, the the bookstore treasure hunt is real. Like, it we is all make really jokes real. About, I heard yeah, about this book this one time, yeah. and sometimes it's frustrating, but sometimes you really want to do it, and mm-hmm. Maria really wants to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's just great you know and like and so many so many of the just sort of like normal slice of life stuff or like you know you're having relationship problems and you should go home and talk to your partner about this thing that's happening but instead you're gonna ride your bike all night and then get like a little flask of whiskey and get drunk and maybe go watch a movie and like you're doing like all of the things that are not the thing you should be doing you know like no and the I mean and the money stuff felt really resonant to mm -hmm. me like Maria does not have enough savings but for her she doesn't have enough savings for bottom surgery yeah Yeah. and so it's like sort of like really do I know what praxis is (laughs) is that praxis (laughs) yeah Yeah. no it was just like yeah there were so many I mean, and I think like that was one of the things that I kept seeing over and over reading reviews and why people really connected to this book is it is not a book about transitioning. You know, it's like not this thing where it's like, oh, this like whatever, you know, it's like there's my life before and after, you know, it's like you're still living your life, you know, like so she's done the thing. She's living her transition life. And it's like. Like okay, you're still living now with, what? You're still living with yourself, right? right? Like yeah. a, a huge theme in the book is that like Maria developed these coping mechanisms mm-hmm. when she was, you know, when she was living as a man to yeah. feel, to protect herself, which, mm-hmm. yeah, there's actually a funny line where she's like, oh, I'm, you know, being super checked out and not let like in tune with your emotions look a lot like American masculinity. Right, which yeah. Is very funny. Which is, yeah, like yeah. that idea, which is a thing that, you know, I hadn't necessarily thought thought of in Mm -hmm. depth before this novel, but it does make sense that you can kind of like mask a lot of the things that you're feeling by just behaving like a normal, like quote unquote normal man, you know, because men don't talk about that stuff anyway, you know, like, and then, I mean, like, and this is a thing not to like totally shift gears, but it was a really interesting thing to think about, like 
sort of the nuts and bolts aspect of like living before as male and then living as female and what societal expectations of both of those things mean, you know, which was really interesting to read in this book. No, me, I mean, me too, because I, Karen and I were talking about this a little bit in the bathroom three minutes ago, (laughs) but like my conception of self is like very much tied to, um, like my femininity and my being red, red is feminine. And that's like, a, it's been a big part of my growth. And I guess that's not that different from Maria. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but just like, it's always been like really clear to me what mm-hmm. society wanted from me. And yeah. I can choose to reject that or not, or take what I need from that or not. Mm-hmm. And like, I really, like, I feel like I always knew where I stood in relation to that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it was really interesting to see a perspective where that was maybe a little bit in flux, mm-hmm. which I think it must be as sort of like a, a, a trans lesbian. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, and like, I mean, like, like, that's where you can see where, like, the punk rock sensibility yeah. kind of comes in and is really appealing, yeah. you know, like, which I think, I mean, she is totally, like, it's kind of a charming, honestly, I thought Maria as a character was so charming. Me like, too. she's she's definitely got a lot of shit that she's dealing with. Yeah. She's definitely not necessarily dealing with it in the most yeah. productive she did ways. She of every frustrating partner I've ever had. Yeah. But. <laughs> But, like, there was a total charm to, like, sort of the honesty of this, like, yeah, I'm just doing the best I can. No, you know, I mean, like, and it was so specific, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. yeah, it just, yeah, it felt, it felt really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I do, I do just, like, want to underscore how this book opens and we're in the middle of something. Yes. Like, it is mm-hmm. absolutely, um, like, one, one reviewer, or maybe it was even in one interviewer, either... Either Mar- or either Imogene or the reviewer talked about this book like reflects the dichotomy of quote done with transition and still trans mm-hmm. like it there is not a moment where it's like oh like even the James character it's mm-hmm. like oh like presumably he is like pre trans but right. he is also still like he and Maria are sort of dealing with all of the same thing. Yeah. Like there's not like a, a world where you wake up and you make this big life choice. And then all of a sudden you don't have all of these questions about your job or your relationship right. or how you feel about your body. Yeah. Or like, right. Which is true of like any narrative, no, which you is know, true of like my life. Any, yeah. yeah. Like there's yeah. never a point where you're just like, great, I figured that out. And then it's, you know, like, yeah, like the ways in which people figure shit out. It's like, it's not, it's not linear, you know, no. like we all kind of know that, you know, yeah. like, and if we can like give ourselves the grace to acknowledge that, like, you're going to come back to shit, you know, like yeah. new stuff is going to spark old stuff. And like, like there yeah. is no end point. It's not like, great. I figured it out. I won yeah. at life. Ta-da. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, you're, no, you're learning the same lessons all of the over time. And like, over again. No, yeah. your whole life is always just going to be returning. Yeah. And I feel like, and I feel like this book is really, reflecting that. Um, I agree. And on that note, let's take a little breaky-poo. So Nevada is split into two distinct parts. The first part is Maria's life in New York, um, where she breaks up with her girlfriend, she gets fired from her job, and she decides, fuck it, I'm going to go on this, this heroin road trip, basically. The second part is 
uh, based in Star City, Nevada, where Maria encounters James. Um, James is a 20-year-old uh, guy, uh, works at a Walmart Supercenter, which Star City, Nevada is coincidentally has been built up around the Walmart Supercenter. So, like, the only lifeblood in this city really is Walmart. And I also love the detail that it's not even the Walmart people go to. Yeah. Like, if there are two <laughs> other Walmarts, like, yeah. more accessible yep. off the highway. It's literally, like, this, like, weird little, like, enclosed system. Um, so James works there, and there's this, there's this moment where Maria sees James and clocks him as being a trans woman who has not figured it out yet. Um, and I think, yeah, like it, it, it's definitely it, the two pieces were the part that like we talk the most about being kind of like fraught about. Yeah. And you have a great quote about that. Yeah. No. And, and I felt sort of complicated the first time mm -hmm. I read this twice. Mm -hmm. The first time I read it, I was like. It felt like two novels kind of soldered together mm -hmm, in a way. Mm -hmm. And 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 even in like in interviews and in the afterwards, Imogene Bendy talks a lot about it, like the second part for a long time not working mm -hmm. and like her having to do a lot of editing mm -hmm. to make that happen. Um, but then she talks uh, about a like a like a literary scholar named Joanna Roos, who I hadn't heard of, uh, has a has a piece of criticism called "What Can a Heroine Do," which essentially argue, argues that like Western patriarchal narrative structure on the hero's journey like mm. doesn't really doesn't really do women's stories justice. Uh -huh. And I and I like I agree with that. I also like think a lot about YA fantasy that I know mm -hmm. exists, so I will put a pin in that. Okay, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I haven't, like, I haven't really read any of it, so I don't know. But, but, so essentially, like, in this structure, and this book does not have a neat ending. No. Like, it feels like Imogene Binney is, like, really subverting traditional narrative tropes, mm -hmm. and in, I think this is in the New Yorker article, somebody talks about this book as a caper about a dr big drug score where nobody gets caught. Nobody gets rich and nobody makes a smooth getaway. It's a breakup story where neither partner cares very much about the romance that ends. It's also a trans novel where nobody transitions. Yes. I mean, so they talk about, uh, like another neighbor you talked about, uh, a theme in Nevada cutting out the middle part that's supposed to be the important part. Yeah. We don't see Imogene driving. Nope. Nobody does heroin. Nope. Like we don't. We yeah. don't see the transition. We don't see anything. Yeah. It's all just like, I and it, it does. It feels like it's uh, cutting out the parts that are supposed to be important right. to the parts yeah. that are actually well, important. Right, and it is. It's like it's yeah. like she cuts out the parts that are like this is where the story ends because it doesn't end there. It like never ends. the story never yeah. actually ends there. It's just like a neat little like oh great and then bleh. but like that's not what this book is is about. About you yeah, know, like it's, it's about ongoing conflict, right? Which is really what anybody's life actually is yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is so reflected in her relationship with James. Yeah, and so she sees James, and and James has a lot of the same coping mechanisms as Maria does. Mm -hmm. James is constantly smoking weed. Like James, literally, like James has no idea what he wants. He can't. Mm -hmm. 
he can't talk to his girlfriend about what he wants, yeah. which is exactly Maria's problem. Exa- explicitly, exactly yeah. Maria's no, problem. No, I mean, and they're at, and so I think I think you and I were talking. And at first, I read this book, and I thought like, and in the afterward. Uh, Imogene Benny like talks about like James's character as like as an aside about like being kind of like a to me I read as like a fun exercise of being like oh a lot of trans women feel guilty for like sort of not knowing their mind earlier not mm-hmm. transitioning earlier right. and not her, not having that experience of like I knew from a young child yeah. that I was supposed to be a woman yeah and Imogene Benny being like okay so what if a stranger blows into town, mm-hmm. exactly can read your mind about your deal, mm-hmm. and talks to you about all of, the, like, all of the cultural forces and talks to you yeah. about, like, yeah. you know, all of the stuff. But in, yeah. in the book, Maria does that, and James is just like, what the fuck? Yeah. We're not the same person. Right. Which, if you think about just generalized, very yeah. generalized, you're working your dead-end job. Someone you've never met before yeah. blows in and goes, let me tell you how you're supposed to live your life because yeah. I'm good at this. Yeah. Like, how would you she, react? Maria explicitly says, I'm really good at being I'm trans. I'm good at being trans. Yeah. yeah. Which, like, and I, I, I mean, yeah, like, wouldn't it be nice in a perfect world where someone could kind of come in and go, you're dealing with this hard thing. I've already dealt with it. Let me tell you how to do it. But also that like takes out any sort of like personal autonomy element of. And that has literally happened to me before. Yeah. And you know what I did? I said, fuck, fuck you. you. Yeah, you exactly. You don't yeah. know me. Yeah. You can't tell me how to do this. <laughs> yeah. So just like, and it was like, I remember us, t- we were talking about like this feeling that like, Maria's voice and James's voice were kind of the same voice. Yeah, and I was sort of feeling like that was like a useful device mm-hmm. or like whatever. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it was but just sort of a little bit like, okay, I don't know. Um, they're still, even if the experience is the same, the 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 person is different. Yeah, but I think in some ways, like that's kind of like, I mean, Maria just blows in and is like. I know what you're doing. Let me explain it to you. And like, it just feels so like, no. And it's like another way that Maria, that Maria is not dealing with her own shit. Exactly. Well, it's, it's funny because there's this moment where she's talking about having, she sort of talks about a moment in the road trip that isn't shown where she kind of has this like almost epiphany of like the shit she's dealing with, the shit she needs to address. Like she's like right on the cusp of like, oh shit, this is what I need to do to fix my life. Yeah. And then she sees James and it all goes out the window because yeah. she's going to mentor him into being yeah. like a good trans person. Oh, I'll just be, I'll fulfill yeah. my life by right. helping another person rather than I'll, I will be fulfilled by learning how to have preferences and desires, which is something I so connect oh, to. Oh yeah, yeah. Like just like, I mean, and like the idea of being out of your body. And so like, how do you know what your body wants if you mm-hmm. can never be in your body, you know? Yeah. 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 Which like, and instead of doing that, she's like, oh, here's this like 20 year old kid. I know how he needs to live his life. Right. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Honestly, she's probably not wrong, but yeah. also like you can't tell a person when it's time to do something, you know, like you can't be like, I'm going to talk you into coming out now. You know, like that's not how. Yeah. I guess we should, we should talk about how, um, James is feeling conflicted about his own gender, but very, very privately. Like, I don't think he's told anybody. No, no. Well, that's part of like 
the thing with his girlfriend is like he talks about like, well, if I voice an opinion about something I want to do or want to watch or want to experience, like all of a sudden the door opens and they're going to find out, you know, they're going to find out that I'm this like weirdo or this pervert or this like whatever you know like I mean and also the piece of that is he's not really like even sure that's what it means no yeah like he's not he's just not sure no he's like kind of at the beginning of the journey you know and and again it's not like Maria's wrong yeah but she's also wrong (laughs) like she's she's not wrong but you can't yeah like I mean yeah, if a random stranger comes in and tells you how to live your life, what's your reaction going to be? Dude, if my, big fat middle if finger. One of my siblings right. comes in like, and is like, I know everything about you. I'm like, fuck you, no, you, you do. Don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, but it was interesting. It was interesting to kind of read the beginning of that section and, and bristle, but I feel like I bristled in the same way James did. Yeah. You know? Right? For, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And it is like even the best intentioned mm-hmm. helping mm-hmm. hand can be misguided if you're not doing it in a way that respects somebody else's autonomy. Yeah. 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 Which she really comes in hot. Like yeah. she comes in hot. And it's like yeah. there are some exchanges in this book where she's really just like monologuing at James. And you're just oh, like, yeah. oh, my God, no, what are you doing? And like, I mean, and she like there's this one moment that I really connected to where she's like talking about how her like understanding of like like late stage capitalism has been really important in understanding her gender identity. Yeah. I have done that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I have, like, totally alienated the person I was talking to. You know? Well, it's like, I mean, I think part of that, too, is like, I think sometimes in your own journey, when you are at a point where you're like, it's like this sort of revelatory moment Mm -hmm. where you're making connections in your own life you have figured something out or you're just on the cusp of figuring something out Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to spew all this out onto someone who is not in the same space I am and expect them to get it. You know, it's like, I feel like, I feel like I understand that, you know, like I feel like because you're like, Oh my God, I got, I figured it out. I got a thing. I got a thing here. And so you're just like, I'm just going to vomit this onto the next person who will listen to me, you know, or like somebody who I feel like needs to quote, needs to hear it, you know, but it's like, man, no, like, I mean, it's, it's kind of self-centered. Yeah, it absolutely is. Yeah. So if she were like legitimately able to help James, Mm -hmm. she would, she would be, there's, so James thinks he's an autogonophiliac, Mm -hmm. which is. Uh, Having it. Yeah, I feel like fortunate in to be living in 2022 where I sort of like understand. This is 2023. Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Where I sort of understand that the the way that that is not a real thing and like weaponized against people. But like the the basic idea is like you're attracted to yourself as the opposite gender, right? Like, yeah, like you're sexually attracted to the idea of yourself as a, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. Which is what he is just like kind of like through internet searches and questionable yeah. sources has yeah. like self-diagnosed himself mm-hmm. as. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I feel really, like, fortunate in 2023 to sort of know that the idea of autogynophilia is bullshit, but, like, poor James. Yeah. Poor, poor James, James in, in Star, Star City, City Nevada. Nevada. Yeah, where the biggest thing going is a Walmart supercenter. Yeah, and Maria literally laughs at him. Right. Like, yeah. I know, like, what's the best way to fuck someone over, you know, when they're yeah. trying to tell you about who they are and what they're dealing with yeah. is to laugh at them. Like, no. yeah. yeah. I mean, and I, I feel like we kind of got off on a tangent, but, yeah. like, I ended up just, like, feeling just, like, really, like, the the, the James character mm-hmm. was just, like, a really effective way for the author to feel like, no, this isn't done. Yeah. Nothing is ever done. No, yeah. It's yeah. all, like, a continuing saga. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it was... Yeah, no, so I just, like... I just, like, totally... I mean, even the last... 24 hours of yeah. just like thinking about it a little bit harder. Absolutely. Yeah. No, and it is funny. It is funny yeah. to have that like that sort of like journey from that section starting and feeling like, oh my gosh, this feels fraught and and tedious, maybe, or like I just don't I don't understand like I don't where she's it. going with yeah. this. And then suddenly, like, I mean, that's the value of just keep reading. Yeah. You know, like yeah. because honestly, like Sometimes the best reading experiences are ones in which you have been frustrated yeah. and you have to like fucking fight through the fact that you're, oh, I'm just going to trust it. You know, I'm just going to finish this book and trust it. Yeah. And then you get to the end and you go, oh, damn. I always, always need, I am, um, I almost always need, um, like either a sounding board mm-hmm. or feedback. It always has to be a communal reading experience. Yeah. For yes. And this one. Yeah. I think that, um. Casey Lehman, like, I think that really, like, central to his ideas, a writer and a reader, mm-hmm. reader is the idea of rereading and revision. And yeah. I have, like, really internalized that yeah. in in my life. I mean, uh, like, probably not intellectually, but, like, intellectually since I read his book Heavy. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just, I feel like I came away from this the, when I first started. I felt like the ending didn't work. Now I feel like the ending mm-hmm. works the best. It works great. Yeah. And I do, like, there's part of me that thinks about James and thinks about, like, how much did this experience, how much was this experience a detriment to his own development? Yeah, she even talks about that in the afterward, mm-hmm. right? Because it is, it feels like sort of a gift at the mm-hmm. beginning of his section, right? Yeah. It's like, because he talks about how cool Maria is. Right. Like, he sees like, her. She's, she's trans. Yeah. But she's also like obviously doesn't belong here, and she's got cool clothes. And yeah, cool. What is it? She's either a murderer or in a band. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> it was just like so he like like clearly like he sees her. He's super drawn to her. He's super drawn to her. Yeah. He know he's never seen anyone like her in Star City, Nevada before, and then she leaves, and he just thinks like, oh my god, I'll never see her again. Yeah. And then she comes back in and is like, hey. Yeah, but then he leaves, and it's like, it does feel like it sets him back, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because everybody yeah. who makes me angry wants to, like, double down on the opposite perspective of him. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, no, and I do, it It was interesting to go from, like, I'm not sure if this works, to being like, no, no, it totally works. Like, yeah. I get it, you know? Yeah. It's, I love that, though. Yeah. Like, if a book kind of pisses me off at some point, like, that's a positive, I think. You know, or if a book, if it makes me stop and go like, 
what? Yeah. Like that's, isn't that the point, you know, of, yeah, of totally. reading literature is like, it makes you kind of like check yourself and it makes you think about what it is that you're reading. Yeah, like, I was about to say, you know, except for when a book is lazy and it makes mm-hmm. me mad, but right. I, I sort of, I think I maybe thought about this, about this book, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like, and it's not, that was a choice, you know? Yeah. 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 Or I think, yeah. I'm, we can talk about Kate Zambrinell later. <laughs> I, I feel like I probably need to go home. Carrie, yeah. do you have any closing thoughts? <laughs> no, no. I think this is a book that's worth people's time for yes. sure, though. I do. And it's it's breezy. It's it is. Breezy it's breezy and it's breezy. funny. We haven't even yeah. talked about how funny this book I know. is. It really is. It's yeah. so funny. It's so easy to read, too. Yeah. Like, it's you just pick it up and you're, I don't know, I was pretty instantly engaged by it. Yeah. Um, which is awesome. That doesn't always happen. No. We do. pick up a lot of books. I do. I don't finish a lot of books. No. Um, but no, it was great. Yeah. It was great. You should pick it up. Nevada by Imogene Binney. B-I-N-N-I-E. Look it up. Pick it up. Read it. <laughs>